Hello, you're listening to Create It Till You Make It, a new podcast from Stitch. I'll be talking to senior people from across the creative industries and startup scene about how they created, innovated and made their way to where they are today. Expect to hear about first jobs, lessons learned and lots of advice. I'm Grace, a student at the University of Birmingham about to begin my final year and I'm also interning at Stitch this summer. We're a tool to help companies manage their network of external creative talent, helping you to find the right people when you need them. With lots of people working from various spreadsheets and info stored in emails, Stitch brings this into one central database, a living little black book, if you will, with profiles for each person showing their contact info and examples of work. You can then leave notes against people, attach core documents like NDAs, and this all integrates with your emails. You can find out more about us at stitchapp.co. Today's guest is Gina Hood. She's an account handler at Snap London with experience in a wide range of sectors. After her undergrad at Oxford, she got into advertising via a grad scheme at Publicist London. Her love of a combination of analytics, business and creativity helped her build her career and she spent her 20s working in Adland, building brands and producing campaigns. Gina has a strong passion for nurturing industry talent and promoting diversity. She supports women's career development to senior positions through her role on the Wackle Futures leadership team, as well as pushing the agenda on gender equality in media, marketing and advertising as the president of Bloom UK. She has also recently launched a career hub for young people looking to get onto creative agency graduate schemes. And in her spare time, Gina enjoys speaking about gender equality, diversity, career development and personal brand, as well as working as a commissioned painter and photographer, which is very cool, by the way. And I'm very glad you could join me today. Welcome. It's lovely to talk to you. It's lovely to be here. Thank you, Grace. What was your first job? I'm going to dive straight in. My very first job after university was actually working as a political researcher on a biography of Gordon Brown. So that was a bit of a bridging job for me because I know we're all meant to say we have one job in mind during our degree and know exactly what it is we want to do, but I certainly didn't. So I tried to plan for that a little bit. So I actually applied to be a tutor in London because I knew that that would be a steady source of income depending on what job I ended up doing. And then secured this bridging job, as I like to call it, being a political researcher, whilst I applied to grad schemes. Did you balance the political researching job alongside tutoring or did the tutoring kind of drop off when you Mm. found the the interim job? Well luckily actually I never ended up doing the tutoring because I did end up getting on a grad scheme but it gave me the confidence to keep applying knowing that I had something as a backup. Oh that's brilliant okay. Do you have any tips for people looking at applying to grad schemes or who are thinking I have no idea what I should do out of university. Everything looks interesting but nothing is grabbing me. What about those people? Mm. The one thing I'd say is actually not to worry too much about it in a way, because I think the first one to two years of any job is the same. Generally, it's just learning how to work in an office environment, understanding how to work with the team, knowing how to do meetings. And I think people stress about thinking they have to find the perfect job straight away I think it's better to actually just to pick something that looks good-ish that you've got enough money to survive on and just go for it and see what happens it might be you love it it might be you don't but at least you'll learn from it and know what you do like and you don't like having experienced something that's so true you don't really know what you want until you kind of start exploring how did you get to where you are now so you started with a grad scheme how did the grad scheme get to the president of bloom and working at snap london Mm. 
Mm. So I applied for a few different grad schemes in advertising. I'm actually slightly embarrassed looking back at some of the interviews I did initially because I think actually I went into them not knowing what advertising was. Mm -hmm. But actually even those first few ones I did some interviews for were a massive learning curve for me about how much prep you need to do. And then I think on maybe the third or fourth one, I got through to the last round, which is very exciting. And uh, eventually ended up working at Publicist London. And then from there, I worked for about two years there. And I think what it taught me was the kind of environment I wanted to work in. So mm. I learned a lot whilst I was there. But I think I realised that I need to be in a bit more of an independent environment okay. and somewhere where if I have an idea, I can make it move very quickly. So I then decided to go work for a big independent agency, which is called Kamarama. Yeah. So I then worked there for about four years, kind of got all my skills, learned all there is to know about advertising. And then last year decided to move to a very tiny agency, which is brand new, which has been really exciting. So I decided to move there because I wanted to challenge myself a bit. Mm -hmm. And again, go back into that smaller, more entrepreneurial environment where I could have a really big impact. What kind of differences have you seen working in a smaller agency compared to a big player like Kamarama? Yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. I guess the main thing is you really see the impact of what you do every day. You know, if there's only, say, 15 of you, if you, say, stay a couple of hours late, which means that a project goes a bit better than it would have done or a meeting goes a bit better than it would have done and then you end up getting a new client or you get a new campaign out the door, you really see the impact of what you do. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that's the main thing. And the other thing is making sure that you get on with the team because you've got such a small team that you have to get on with everyone. Mm -hmm. So the big thing is just if there's any arguments or anything, just getting everything out in the open and learning people's personality types so you can work as closely with them in a good way as possible. Yeah, I found that I've learned a lot working with a really small team for my first internship. Would you advise that people look at bigger companies to work for or would you advise that perhaps a smaller company is a great stepping stone mm. I actually write quite a lot about this in um, the career advice hub I was putting together oh, cool. which um, is basically just thinking about asking yourself kind of the qu type of questions which help determine what type of agency is best for you so obviously there are bigger more corporate agencies which are great for say working on bigger bits of business and bigger projects but you probably have a bit less personal impact in them and then you know the small end of the scale you can be a bit more independent a bit more entrepreneurial so I think it's just about researching the different types of agency and trying to understand your personality type and then ideally if you can just get a bit of work experience to get a sense of what they're like what yeah. the differences are and try and find that fit between you and the agency exactly and it might be that you don't get it right first time and I think mm -hmm. that's what I found is you know, it's not like anything was massively wrong, but you just slowly adjust over time and see what the best type of environment is for you. Yeah. Okay. I like that kind of iterate, adapt. Exactly. And fit in. Nice. Have you faced any challenges to your professional success? Oh, interesting question. I'd say not from an overt perspective of something, say, that my work has blocked me on. Mm -hmm. I'd say probably all the challenges I've faced in a way have probably been self-imposed. I think oh. I'm probably, I'm a massive perfectionist. So mm. I think I probably hold myself to quite high standards. And I think actually a big learning for me in the time I've been working is work is not like school or university. It's not being marked. You can't be perfect. You're not going to be getting certificates or kind of tangible achievements the whole yeah. time. You have to kind of accept that things don't go to plan. You're reliant on other people a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So stuff's not going to be perfect and you have to 
roll with that and be happy with how things go, even if they're not 100% how that you want them to be. So would you say, if you're someone who's a perfectionist looking at the creative industries, that it is a space for you? Or would you say that it's something you're going to have to learn to, I don't know, manage a little bit? Hmm. I think I mean hopefully I think I've already learned to manage that a little bit Mm. and I guess a lot of what advertising about is creativity but creativity within constraints because obviously we've got a job to do so in a way that's why it's creativity but framed in a business context and that's the big difference you know we're not making films at the end of the day we're not Mm. writing books but yeah so there's that constraint thing really helps you kind of find that focus for the creativity almost exactly and I think the best bits of creative work are the ones which actually are efficient and sell the product like they should do so it's important we keep that uh, focus on what we do awesome I never really thought about advertising as a kind of yeah I guess obviously you do have briefs to work to I always thought of it as kind of a bit kooky that's quite cool how do you define making it so I think that making it is something that is very individual to particular people. So success can't be defined in a single way. It's about what you want to get out of your life and your job and what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And for some people that could be becoming the CEO, but for some people that could be leaving work on time and being able to do their side projects or knowing that they have a really happy and motivated team. So I think actually probably the question people should always ask themselves is what makes them happy and aim to do that rather than meeting other people's expectations or self-imposed expectations. Yeah, it's not that kind of external standard. It's what makes you happy and it's your defining it. Exactly. And like half the journey is just working out what that is. Okay. Where are you on that journey? Have you got certain things that you're like, yeah, if I've done this, I've made it or this was a good week for me if X happens? Mm. What I've tried to do recently is actually start each day or at the end of the week, just think about things that have gone well. And that could be anything. It could be getting a campaign out the door. It could be just making someone on my team happy Um, and just really trying to appreciate little achievements because Mm -hmm. I think work can just become this big amorphous thing in your life and breaking it down sometimes can help you feel that things are moving along and you're happy and you're successful yeah I quite like that celebrating the little things Mm. so all the bigger picture looks a bit rosier Mm. nice have you had any mentors or role models I'm very keen on mentoring is very important Mm. a big bit of what Bloom my network does is mentoring for um, younger women advertising I've had a few mentors to date in various guises Mm. I think they can they can come in different forms. So you can have like a very good line manager who in a way is also a mentor. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a big difference is a manager isn't a mentor, but you can have people who kind of semi play both roles. Yeah. And then I've had people who have just been friends really, who I'd like to think almost like peer to peer mentoring have had nice. an impact on my career and helped me think about things in different ways and networks I've formed. And then I've also had some more formal mentors. So I've had it through some organizations I've applied to. Mm-hmm. And I think it can actually help sometimes having a mentor outside your industry because that gives you a very, very fresh perspective on what it is and what your problems you're facing are. Ah, okay. What are the ways that you mentor people? Do you kind of meet them for a coffee and run through ideas or is it perhaps that they check in over WhatsApp? Mm. It's a good question because I have mentored people more formally in the past, but this year, because I'm busy with a number of projects, I haven't been able to take on someone formally. But what I've been trying to do instead is people I meet who have asked me for advice. I'm trying to connect them to people who I now know because of my network and actually try and find them someone who will be really good for what they're looking for. Kind of a connecting role. Yeah, exactly. More of a connecting role because I know at the moment I don't have time to kind of do it more formally and just make sure I can find people who are a bit more bespoke. 
That's brilliant. You kind of open the door for your mentees to seize an opportunity. Exactly. And I think also you can just do it informally of if you get to know people who you know they're trying to do a particular thing, like I don't know, even if you just see an article or an event you think they might be interested in, just send it over because you never know if people just start turning up to something what they might find out or be inspired to do. Passing things along. I really, I really like that as a mentoring approach. That's quite cool. How has your personal network impacted your career? I think the main way in which my network has impacted my career is probably to give me support when I feel like I'm facing a problem. Mm-hmm. In that I think sometimes it's even just knowing that someone else has experienced something which can give you the confidence that you can solve it yourself. Because I think often it's just reassurance a lot of the time. Yeah. So if I'm ever facing a challenge at work or in my personal life, I do like sharing it with the network I've built up over the years and often just chatting to someone about it helps you find the solution yourself yeah it's that problem share problem half thing exactly and I guess from a different perspective also just giving me inspiration in my working life and just seeing what other people are doing and thinking oh my god that person's amazing I want to be more like them (laughs) yeah and kind of pushing yourself to greater heights do you have any go-to problem solvers where you think oh I'm completely stuck on this is it your line manager or is it kind of yeah, someone in a completely different industry. Mm, I'd say probably a combination of just people I've met over the years in work and outside work. If I know that they're good at a particular thing, I will certainly go speak to them about it because I know they'll be a specialist in that area. And it could be, I don't know, negotiation or how to deal with a particular problem or someone I know who's really good at relationships and just picking their brains quickly on a solution to whatever problem I'm facing. That's quite cool. I'd quite like to be like, yeah, I know someone who's really good at negotiations. I feel like that is a killer skill to have. Mm. But I think also it's important to try and think about what you can offer other people mm-hmm. and to be clear about what you can offer other people so that they know they can come to you about it. Just be confident and go, you know, I'm, actually, I'm really good at that thing. I'm going to offer my advice on it. I can be helpful. Yeah, I can be helpful. It's, it's amazing, actually, how often people will then come back and ask you about that thing. Do you think there are any particular skills that people are lacking when they apply to advertising or that you just wish they had? It's almost assumed that you can use Excel now. So what's the kind of new Excel if there's something, or even just like interpersonal skills? Mm. I'd actually say it's probably more of an attitudinal thing because so often nowadays there's so many free software available and different platforms springing up the entire time. Mm-hmm. So I'd say it's probably less being skilled in a particular area, like like you said, Excel or Photoshop and more about having the attitude of always trying new things so the people I, I've worked with who are more junior who I think are the best are the ones who always say oh have you seen this new thing have you seen this new bit of tech you can use to make your lives easier mm-hmm. and picking up on stuff quickly and sharing it so I'd actually say it's that attitude towards taking on stuff and sharing it which is more useful than having a particular skill nice kind of that keeping your finger on the pulse and bringing that to the team exactly what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned in your career oh I think the biggest lesson I've learned in my career is probably to know my personality type. Mm. I think I always used to think I was an extrovert and I'm not. Okay. I've discovered that. <laughs> um, I, I am How what, did you discover that? I think I slowly realised over the years. And then I also went to a talk where they basically talked about introversion mm. and they had like a bullet point list of classic signs of being an introvert. And I thought, oh, my God. And that's every one of those is me. Um, <laughs> it was that kind of realisation. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and I think what I realised that I'm in fact a... Contra- What's the, what do they call it? I am in fact a confident introvert. 
So very happy to give speeches and talks and lead meetings. But actually introversion and being an extrovert is about like where you get your energy. So I know that um, I get my energy actually from spending time by myself, Mm -hmm. whereas extroverts get their energy from spending time with other people. I didn't I didn't realize it was an energy thing I thought it was kind of yeah confidence that's quite interesting yeah exactly so I know that now so I know that if I'm tired during the day or feeling a bit stressed I'll just go sit by myself for five minutes and kind of get my energy back a bit but also things like I like to plan ahead a lot when I'm in meetings and that's actually a classic sign of being an introvert is knowing what you're going to say I now make sure that I plan ahead as much as possible so I feel comfortable yeah there's quite a few good resources about how to match your personality type to how you work. Okay. I look up kind of introversion being an extrovert and just helps you do things in a way that's best for you. Yeah. And not feel like you have to do things the way that everyone else does. That's nice. Would you advise to anyone listening that they go and look up their personality type? Yeah, I've never thought to do that particularly. That's something that could definitely be beneficial. I have no idea, actually. Maybe I would be an introvert rather than an extrovert. Maybe, yeah. But also it can help guide your team a bit, I think, because I know people who are more extroverts and I will sometimes say to them, maybe try not to speak quite as much and make sure that anyone else who's a bit quiet in the room has a chance to speak, create space for them and make sure you're listening as well. So I think it's also about understanding what other people in your team are like to manage between them yeah because everyone's got a right to have an opinion it's just making sure everyone can be heard no that's really nice okay so i've got my final big question what is the best piece of advice you've ever received the best piece of advice i've ever received is that you are the only person at the end of the day who's responsible for your career Mm -hmm. so it's great to have mentors and a good line manager is worth their weight in gold and a bad line manager can be really disruptive to your career but at the end of the day you have to push things forward yourself so just take every opportunity you have plan ahead think where you want to be and you've got to take on that role be your biggest cheerleader and just crack on Mm -hmm. the other bit of advice i'd say is don't think that if you're good at your job and you keep your head down and you're quiet about it that you'll progress Oh, because okay. I know some people who and I, I think I've actually experienced this where you can work very hard and do your job very well but if you don't do it in a way that's noticeable you won't get ahead because people just simply accept that you do it and they come to expect it ah. and they do, or they don't necessarily know about it so what would you say in that situation you should do should it be more like blow your own trumpet or what yeah I mean it's a balance because you don't want to be arrogant but I think it's just being clear that if you've done something well people know about it in your team and equally if there's someone say who's working into you who's done a really good job say I'm a big fan of if you think someone's doing a job good job always say yeah it's that kind of that showing appreciation for your own work and the work of others exactly and it means that the people who are good and you rate will do well and that's really important that's nice okay so yeah lifting yourself and everyone else mm-hmm. solid advice is there anything else that you think people should know about a career in advertising or the creative industries I say my one bit of advice for working in advertising is don't let it take over your life because it is a very work hard, play hard industry. Mm. You'll work long hours, you'll go out a lot, you're very close to your team and it's good to make sure that you create space actually for stuff outside work because it keeps you having a sensible perspective on life and make sure you don't get too sucked into it. So I'd say protect your time in some way and make sure you have time for you i think that's a perfect piece of advice to finish on thank you so much for being on the podcast can i add you to my little black book on stitch yes you can thank you <laughs>